I can see now that it was his version of tough love, because now that I was married, I needed to stand on my own feet and move out of his shadow. I needed to realise that far from being isolated little Jenny Dove, I was now Jenny Checkland, and people were relying on me. People needed me. He had to do it. But at the time it nearly finished me. I couldn't comprehend a life without big, golden Thomas at my side. But of course, being Thomas, he didn't leave me quite alone. He couldn't stay. So he sent. He sent another Thomas. A real horse. The first thing that was truly mine. Russell's birthday gift to me. A turning point in our rocky relationship. This Thomas brought me a different type of freedom. I can't describe the sense of achievement I gained from learning to ride, from finding that there was something in this world that I could do, and do well. Sadly, my life wasn't peaceful for long. The people who wished me harm gathered for one last try, and there was a dreadful night when our feed store was on fire, and I thought I'd lost everything, including Russell. Matters were resolved, however, and we were left in peace. For a while. Chapter One Buff Orpingtons, said Russell, bounding through the back door, shedding his jacket in one direction and a Wellington in the other. His household, familiar with his habits, regarded him without dismay. Braised onions, said Mrs Crisp, his housekeeper. Blunt object, said Andrew, his cousin. Blood oranges, said Kevin, his handyman. Black olives, said Sharon, his handyman's girlfriend. Blind optimism, said I, his wife. What? he said, staring at us in puzzlement. What are you talking about? Jenny, what are they talking about? Isn't it a game? asked Andrew. I thought it was a game. Your turn. Why are you here again? said Russell crossly, hopping across the kitchen floor with one welly on and one welly off. You're always here. Every time I look up, you're sitting at my kitchen table making eyes at my wife. Andrew winked at me, and I grinned back. Stop that, said Russell, finally divesting himself of his recalcitrant Wellington. He tossed it out through the door into the mudroom and stared disapprovingly around his gaze finally alighting on the cat, who sprawled on his back in front of the range, presenting something that Russell could legitimately complain about. Strictly speaking, the cat had been forbidden in the house on several occasions, Russell stoutly maintaining he could stay only if he earned his keep by battling the rodent population outside. Typically, the cat ignored him for most of the time, but every now and then he would underline his dominance by presenting Russell with a spectacularly gruesome dead rat, lovingly laid across his trainers in the mudroom. Job done, he would return to his spot on the old rug in front of the range, leaving Russell to deal with the disintegrating corpse. Russell put his hands on his hips and frowned heavily. I've told you before, Mrs Crisp, that cat is not an attractive sight in a food preparation area. Mrs Crisp looked at me, do you think it would help if I covered him with a tea towel? Russell nodded. Excellent idea. Cover away. She draped a tea towel over Russell's head. 
Sharon, mashing potatoes as if her life depended on it, giggled, and the rest of us fell about. Very funny, said Russell, the tea towel puffing slightly with every word. Your sense of humour will be reflected in this month's wages. And may I remind you all, again, that I'm the head of the household, and as such... The cat sneezed and woke up. Russell, who had learned to keep his distance, pulled off the tea towel and stepped back. His dark red hair flopped over his forehead, as always. He pushed it out of the way and returned to his original grievance. So, Andrew, why are you here? Again? You invited me for Sunday lunch. No, I invited the very beautiful Miss Bower. You're just a byproduct. Where is she, by the way? Shopping. Well, she can still come to lunch, can't she? In Berlin, with her mother. Oh. He scowled at his cousin.